Hey, I didn't see you come in there. It's funny because uh, you can't see me and I definitely can't see you. Uh, you're listening to our third of the three the alumni interviews that we've recorded this episode seven of the red io podcast uh this one we got to chatting with a couple of our past developers who have graduated um idea was that a lot of people who are just thinking about taking those first steps into the design digital marketing or dev fields uh might be feeling a little bit apprehensive about that so thought we'd share the perspectives of some people who are on a very similar path, right? Who wanted to break in and end up taking uh, our course. So if that's something that interests you, definitely keep listening. As always, if you are interested in reaching out to us, feel free to connect on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. It's Red Academy or Red.Academy. You can use the hashtag Red IO Podcast if you want. Um, and my name is Chris. I'm a digital marketing instructor here and I've been producing this thing for y'all. So please enjoy. Uh, pleased to be joined for, I think this is the seventh episode now of the Red IO podcast uh, by Cody and Stu. So a couple of our dev alumni. Guys, why don't you just introduce yourselves and give us, like, I guess your full name if you want, kind of what you're up to now. So I'll go first. Hi, my name is Stuart Johnston. I did the uh, full stack development program here at Red Academy. I graduated, what was it, in the fall? Um, since then, I've worked a number of contracts as a freelance developer, and I'm currently looking for more clients. I'm uh, Cody Rathor. I did the app development program. I came into app development from a technical background of like trades and decided to get into the developing world. I've also been freelancing, like Stu here, and uh, currently doing a contract for a mobile application that sells clothes. Cool. All right, sweet. Well, so it sounds like we're keeping busy. Like oh, yeah. Got some stuff coming down the pipe. Um, why did we choose to go more like on the freelance side? Or uh, like, is, is that a conscious choice? Like, or not really? We don't want to be locked down by the man? Oh, I'll start this one. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife is a freelancer as well. She writes, and uh, we kind of want to travel. So, coming up in May here, we're going to be heading to Thailand for about four months, and freelancing seemed like the way to go. Sweet. Yeah, and uh, my original impression of the market was uh, that's kind of where the most work lied in, and I did like the freedom as well. I enjoyed uh, kind of being able to work from home and set my own hours. Um, ideally, it would be nice to find something more full-time and kind of have that Monday to Friday for the stability, but you have to sacrifice the freedom in order to do that. So it's just uh, for my position right now, freelancing is the way to go. Right. Can't sacrifice that freedom. Can't sacrifice. <laughs> cool. Um, okay, so I, I am wondering kind of on that same wavelength, what has been kind of the most challenging part of of doing the freelance route? I think that's really appealing to a lot of people. I think it's like, it's kind of the sexy part of the tech industry. It's like, ooh, I can pick up the skill set and just kind of be the digital nomad, which seems like you're describing like, what basically, what's really keeping you from going tomorrow, right? Like, why is it like, oh, this is a plan that we have down the pipe? Like, what are we kind of having to do before it's a sustainable option? Uh, trying For me, it's trying to find a contract that's gonna last through that trip which I have now found. I'm going to start a contract up uh, in April here, and that's pretty much, I think the contract stipulates I have to be in the office for two days a week for the first month, and then I'm gone, going to Thailand. Sweet. So that's that's kind of mine. Uh, as for your question about what kind of makes it appealing and stuff, uh, the hard part about freelancing is actually getting up and working because you are at home, and there's tons of stuff that you can do at home. For me, it's gaming. <laughs> I have to wake up every morning and look at my PlayStation and decide whether I'm going to code 
or play my game. <laughs> right. And it becomes a challenge. Mm-hmm. So being your own boss has its definitely has pros its and cons. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I completely agree with everything you said. That and the motivation is hard to find. I also find uh, another area of difficulty is uh, communication. When you work remotely with people, not ever seeing them face to face can make it very hard to kind of articulate your thoughts and actually catch like the feel about how everyone's really doing about how everyone's feeling about the project in general it's kind of hard to feel over like say like voice uh, or like video communications or like emails text that kind of thing so when you actually get to see people in per- uh, like in person it makes a big difference uh, on the communication level so right. i found that's one one area that uh, has been difficult and uh, there's ways you can get around that i know if you meet up in person you say you're going to go in two days a week to do that i think that's a great way to start a project but uh, I'd be interested to learn more and see how people improve on that. Right. Do you have any kind of quick tips or like tools you want to just throw the name out um, that have helped you make that easier since maybe when you first tried? Uh, Slack and Mm meet.com. Meet.com is very good for video chatting and actually just being, you can uh, mirror your screen. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy to, me and Stu could talk over it. I could mirror my screen and I could show him the problem I'm having and he could explain it over there instead of me having to meet with him. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So that those are pretty cool tools. Nice. Yeah, Google Hangouts seems to work all right as well for video chat. Kind of just like a conference thing. If you need like more than a couple people talking at once, mm-hmm. seems to do a good job. But yeah, Slack. Slack. <laughs> yeah, I'll throw uh, Zoom in there as well. One one that I've been using for some <clears throat> more on the marketing side. Zoom's pretty good too. Yep. Uh, great. Um, one more thing I was thinking. What? How was the process of finding that kind of long term client that's going to let you work remote? How did you how how was it different to find that client uh, than just looking for a normal job or just trying to pick up any client? Like, what was that process like? Was there some are there any tips you can share with people that will make it easier to find that specific type of client? Um, for me personally, uh, I have to compliment like the networking that Red Academy has actually provided because I was connected personally to three different contracts uh, through this school or through the network that was provided to me from the school or direct references from people that went to Red Academy. It was, uh, it was all, it all came back to this school, which was really helpful. So I have uh, mm-hmm. big compliments for that. And I recommend if there's ever any networking events that the school throws on, meet and greet, uh, meet the talent, go to it, check it out. It's uh, it really pulled me ahead and I could see that. All right, appreciate that. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, the current contract I have is uh, actually provided to me by Stu himself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and that's, again, from Red. Uh, and then, I mean, I, I never looked for a contract. I was doing this one, and I'm just fortunate that I ended up getting a friend of mine a job, and he has now offered me this contract that's coming up. So it's right. kind of just word of mouth and networking. It's the way you find the jobs, it seems. That's the, the biggest place. I guess we'll... To work remote, like there's an element of trust in there, right? Yeah. That you're probably not gonna secure just by finding the right person on, you know, Upwork or by applying to the right posting on Indeed. Yeah, right? exactly. Like it, it does seem to be the case that it's gonna be one of those referrals, one of those kind of person-to-person relationships you're gonna uh, stumble upon, right? Yeah. Another thing I've noticed as well is uh, I have been headhunted on LinkedIn a couple times as well. Mm-hmm. None of them have actually panned out to opportunities, but several times now I've been approached by strangers saying, hey, we're building this platform, this application. We've read your profile. Would you be interested? Uh, four out of five times I say, yeah, and I don't hear anything back. <laughs> but uh, it's something, I, I mean, I'd be curious to see if that's like an opportunity that ever pans out, but that's just maybe another venue uh, avenue that might be worth exploring. 
right just making yourself like visible on linkedin right and mm-hmm. sure people can find you uh, having the right kind of skills listed in, in your skills section and i guess your headline is pretty important too what was your biggest misconception about coding or development before you got into it or before your program if, if that's when you started but even if, if you started before that mm, my biggest misconception was i'd have to say that it's it's easy i guess like it was one of those things where you kind of read it and you're like oh this is exactly how this works and you actually write it out and you're like oh this is not how it works and you kind of have to get over that bridge of you have to fail multiple times before you're going to actually get it right. Mm-hmm. And if you can't get over that bridge, it, it's just one of those things where programming may not be for you. Right. You have to be willing to fail and rewrite your code six or seven times before you finally get it. Yeah, I can see how that could not be for everyone, right? <laughs> Different personality types. You, you want to do the thing once and do it right. And, yeah. Yeah, right. that's that, that's exactly what I was trying to say. It's like my misconception was you do it once and you do it right, and that's just not the case. It can't be done. Mm-hmm. I'd have to say one of my biggest misconceptions uh, throughout programming, especially at the beginning, still now to this day actually, is uh, the time that it takes. Uh, first, you look at let's say like a single web page with a, maybe a, a little form, like a, even just a login page, for example, and you think, oh, I could build this in a couple days. You spend that two days programming it, and you realize it doesn't work, and you have another two weeks of work to do. <laughs> so, it's, yeah. uh, so it gives you a whole different level of respect for some of these really complex applications. Like, it's not hard to recode, say, the wheel when someone's got something that's built and you want to kind of build, like, an existing platform. Like, say you want to do, like, like, a simple chat app with a login. That's very doable. You can probably do that in a couple of days. But if you all of a sudden want, like, new features that no one has ever implemented before that gets really hard to like ballpark the how much time it's going to take to do that because you're treading and you're going in uh, a new direction. So it's like you, you have to learn and uh, do it at the same time. Yeah. And so. then going to your forms, creating the login page, you'll create the login page, you'll have it all working, and then you'll be like, oh, I'm done. You'll be like, oh, wait, I have to validate this to make sure that people aren't injecting wrong <laughs> code into here. Mm-hmm. And this is actually an email address. And... <laughs> It's just—it's uh. so kind of the gift that keeps on giving problems. Exactly, in <laughs> you'll always find something that you missed. You think, oh right, I got to do this. Oh, I didn't allot time for that. Oh man, what am I gonna do? Right. When you're when you're building a client or when you're sort of scoping a project, like how much do you kind of how much cushion do you kind of give yourself when you're like giving a projection of how long something might take? Three times what I first think. I always guess Th- triple. Triple. Damn. Do you yeah. think that creates a lot of friction? If the, if that's reflected in like like if you're billing hourly and you're giving someone a proposal, like does that create a lot of friction between you and prospective clients now that you're working? It has in the past, yeah, absolutely. Because sometimes they think like, oh, we want like a single landing page and like maybe a simple account, uh, user account thing. I'm like, okay, hey, it's probably gonna take me two weeks. It could take two months. Like I'm, I'm not sure because the, the, it's not very clear what's being asked right now. Yeah, it's and, easy for me to ask you to build me a landing page. It's. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's another story to be like, I want a landing page that has this, 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 and this, mm-hmm. and I want it done in five days. And you're like, mm, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the same as him. I allot for about three times, but I'll tell the client that it's most likely going to be less. Uh, I like to aim high so that they're not disappointed if I get too close to it. Right. Because you're a kick-ass contractor when you go back to your client and say, actually, I'm billing you less than the proposal. Exactly. Right? Even though mm-hmm. I'm front, it's like, oh, this looks steep. 
Right? Yeah. Which is rarely the case. Because it's always better than coming back and saying, oh, it turned out to be a little bit more. And then maybe you kind of, you hesitate to do that and you actually bill yourself a little bit short. Yep. Right. That's a, kind of a crappy way to go, right? Yeah. One of the ways that I've been trying to move towards is you do kind of like a fixed rate. Like let's say, for the example of the landing page or the login, let's say, all right, $500 to do this. If it takes me more than 20 hours, I'm going to bill you at $20 an hour over that. Mm-hmm. Something, something along those lines. Like that might not be exact numbers, but like uh, some sort of hybrid, like you want a fixed amount, because if it does end up taking only 10 hours, you still want to make that better amount. But then if it, you, you run into some problems and it ends up running like uh, like a week long, a couple week long event, uh, adventure, then you do want to get paid for your time. Mm-hmm. So I think, and you guys can, uh, I guess, be kind of like as withholding or vague as, as you feel comfortable with, or you can be specific. I think a lot of people that are kind of thinking about taking the plunge to becoming a dev, like however they're gonna do it, self-learning, a course, whatever. They might wanna know like, if you are billing hourly, not on top of like a rate, like if you're just flat out saying, okay, I'm just gonna bill you per hour. Yeah. Like coming, being like sort of like a junior dev person who's freelancing, what do you think is a fair range for, you know, like a small business client? My first client I took as a junior developer, I put $25 an hour. Did you think that was? I think it was too low, mm-hmm. personally. Um, so the next one that I decided to do, I'm going. I was going to do more, and I, I did. Um, I think if you're going to do junior and you're going to freelance, I wouldn't go over twenty seven if it's your first and probably your first five. Okay. Projects until you really have a grasp for it, and then you can go up into the mid thirties. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree completely. I mean, yeah, twenty twenty five. I the lowest one I've done now was twenty dollars an hour. The best one I did was thirty-five dollars an hour U.S. Ooh. Yeah, which was uh, which was some API work for some crypto stuff. It was fun. Didn't didn't take a lot of time. But the difference between like the twenty dollars an hour job and the thirty-five dollars an hour job was when I was getting paid the thirty-five dollars an hour, I only billed for hours that I considered productive. Like I, I wouldn't say like my startup time when I was spinning my wheels when I was stuck on a problem what I would consider like wasted time, mm-hmm. I didn't bill for that time because that was my lack of experience that was holding back my work. So there was days where I would be on my computer for eight or 10 hours and I would only bill for like six of that because I thought those were, like, I only actually had six productive hours in that day. Right, fair. I struggled with that too for a mm. while, yeah. just deciding whether or not I should bill it. I actually came to the conclusion of I should because I'm still spending my brain power to figure out how to solve that problem for their benefit. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that for sure. Yeah. And whether you're a dev DM or or designer or whatever you do, like, yeah, absolutely. The way I kind of think of it is like, would I be doing this if I wasn't working on this for you? Yeah. If the answer is no, like I'm probably going to bill you for that and be transparent. I think it's important too, right? Say, listen, this particular part going to take a little bit longer because I'm not amazing at it, but you know, I'm doing this like, relatively on the cheap for you you might yep. say that, and you right? can even say like i'll save you time here because i'm i'm used to this part of the act the project mm-hmm. sweet 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 yeah yeah it's kind of interesting how you like so as like a so you're saying like as like a junior your first like five projects stay in that like 25 35 range just to get the experience once you've got like an established portfolio you are kicking ass mm-hmm. um like yeah you can definitely go upwards of like 60 70 like even oh, yeah. you know start to build kind of like agency rates and get into like the hundreds right uh, and start subcontracting certain parts of it that are a little bit more simple to other people. And Absolutely. that's kind of the, the dream, isn't it? What you just said, definitely the dream. You said a couple things there that are uh, really important things in the development world is, uh, first of all, your portfolio. Like, 
people don't necessarily look at your resume. They want to look at what projects you've built. So now that I have like a couple projects under my belt, like that's what people who are to hire me in the future, that's what they're going to look at. They're going to see the projects that I've been part of, projects that I've worked on, anything that I have that's live right now. They want to see your portfolio. So people that are more experienced to have a big portfolio, that's like having like a AAA resume. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you also said like billing like higher rates, like agency rates. That is for me what defines like say a senior developer from a junior developer. So what uh, what might take me two days to make a more senior developer might be able to do that in two hours. Mm-hmm. Like that's the difference. That's why they can bill like five, eight, ten times the rate for that those same hours. That's why that's like the goal. That's where you want to get to is to Absolutely. be able to do that. Yeah, and I think the more. The more efficiently you can work, definitely the more you can inflate that rate, and definitely the more kind of um, cross-functional skill sets you can kind of integrate into one project. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, as like a digital marketer, if, if I'm constructing a landing page for someone, like I'm also able to kind of like concurrently, like as I'm building that page for them, provide you know copywriting, right? Provide like SEO kind of uh, optimization, like that type of those types of considerations. So might inflate that. So what would be kind of the dev equivalent of that? Like if someone is currently a dev, what's something that you think they should kind of get a hold of so that they can kind of inject that extra bit of value and maybe charge a little bit more? I'm putting on the spot, stick your time. Yeah, that is putting us on the spot. Uh, I would, I think uh, analytics would probably be a good one. Yeah. It's something that I've really been considering learning. Of like you said, SEO and stuff. Like I would like to learn that. And I'd like to be able to inject that into my projects just so that e- even if I don't bill it to them, I just put it in there so they have it in the future. Right. Uh, because it, it does give me an extra skill that I can, like you say, inflate my price for later. Yep. Because at the end of the day, that if that client's thinking about doing that anyway, mm-hmm. like if you're doing that while you're building something for them, right, you're saving them having to go out, find someone else, you know, and like a third, another external person and billing them separately. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, the more tools that you can put in your belt, the, the more helpful it is. Like coding is such like a niche kind of area because every new language or platform you develop in has more multiple lifetimes worth of work that is involved in every single one. So if you know more front-end languages, if you can do back-end as well and you can tie it all together and then let's say all of a sudden you're, you're really good at like Photoshop and you can make uh, like Illustrator and you can make logos and edit images as well and you can... You don't need to, like you said earlier, the, the more other trades you don't have to pull in, the more things you can sell yourself as, the more useful you are as a developer. So on that subject of like building a portfolio, building your skill sets, um, like five years from now, 10 years from now, like where where do you see yourself going? Like this is kind of the big question, isn't it? That is the, the ultimate question. It's the end game. Sounds like every job interview ever. Is this a job interview? Uh, <laughs> are you looking? <laughs> Always looking for new clients. <laughs> Uh, I am currently trying to build a tool for my wife that helps her with plotting, and I'm hoping to expand it to the world of writers. Uh, I've purchased it. The domain is called Amplotting. It's one of the most popular hashtags on Instagram right now. So I thought, what a great, what a great name. Damn. And I'm hoping that that is my five-year plan. So I'm going to launch that hopefully this year as my MVP, and we'll see where it goes. Wow. Do you have sort of like a cross-functional team already that you've, you've built up or is it something you're soloing right now? I am soloing this one. Right. Yeah, you should totally bring that to the startup thing. Just <laughs> resource some people who are interested in like helping. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Oh, but it's not going to be in it. Um, sweet. How about you? Um, for me, 
uh, ideally in five years, I will be working on a fully remote capacity uh, at a ski hill or wherever it is snowing all year. Nice. <laughs> so it will be up in North America when it's our winter and when it's our summer, be down in the Southern Hemisphere, maybe like New Zealand, South America, just chase the snow for a few years, but also be able to make, you know, a real livable wage no matter where I go. It'd be fun to do. I want to do the digital nomad thing at some point as well. You know, do the Southeast Asia, whatever it is. And again, like have the freedom to still make some okay money while doing all that. Goals. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, I think those things are well within sight for you guys. For someone else who is just thinking about like starting, like alerting the basics about dev, who is like oh, maybe I'll be coding in you know a year. I'll learn. I'll figure out how to do it. Who like can't, they can't even fathom kind of what you guys have is like a roadmap for your next couple of years. Uh, regardless of red, what advice would you give to someone who just wants, who thinks they want to be a developer but don't really know anything about it? Um, I would say there is an abundance of documentation and tutorials online. If you're interested in developing or even considering anything, I would start probably with maybe a simple website because HTML, CSS is a well-beaten path. There is so many free tutorials online, but you have to give it an honest shot. You have to do, give it a week or two of, let's say, couple hours a day at least. Like give it, give it your honest shot and try to learn this. And if it's something that you enjoy, continue because there's you can make a career out of this by teaching yourself online you don't necessarily need to go to a school there's so much available to learn online but you need that motivation to do so if you're lacking a little bit of motivation or if you're kind of still a little bit iffy go and visit there's lots of places that do like evening programs or whatever you can go and do like a a couple sessions and if you if you continue to find interest sign up for a boot camp check it out yeah, I'll you know, totally echo that. Like I, when we're interviewing students here, Ed, like I make a point of telling anyone that I talk to, like, doesn't the content, like what we're teaching, this is all available somewhere. You can <clears throat> dig this up on the internet. That's not really what we're offering, right? And I think that that's good that you pointed that out too. Like if somebody's just really flirting with it, like maybe that's that huge investment is not the first step you should take, right? To take like a full time program, for example find something, be resourceful, take those like little steps. And if you decide like, yeah, I want like a structured approach with kind of the ad benefits of, you know, the networking and everything you guys talked about at the start, mm-hmm. like, yeah, then those options exist too, but that's not for everyone either. So yeah. Uh, for me, I actually, uh, I started as a self learner. So uh, I bought a book called uh, learn Python in a day. Nice. Did I can, you, I can honestly tell you it didn't take a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's where I started and uh, I had probably started to program three or four times and just given up and then I found that book and I tried it out and I went through all the steps of the book and uh, I ended up coming across Udemy. Uh, Udemy mm-hmm. is a huge resource, right? super cheap courses, like $12. Uh, I bought a, I think it was called the Complete Web Developer Bootcamp. That was the first, uh, first course I completed mm-hmm. and I just kept going at it and kept building and I finally came to the point where I wanted uh, just a little bit of extra help and I wanted some networking and that's why I ended up coming to Red. Nice. Yeah, I guess what are the options for, because I know Linda is readily available to, particularly anybody listening who's in Vancouver, or um, I don't know if this is a BC thing or just a Vancouver thing, but if you have a library card, like you have access to all of Linda, so I, don't, I know yep, there's a lot, of, correct. a lot of courses available on there. I don't know if there's any coding specific ones. So maybe I'm, I'm jumping I, right I think here. there is. Right? I think they, I don't know. No, they have wide variety. But yeah, definitely Udemy kicks butt too. 
Right. So interesting, yeah, how you kind of like married those two approaches. Yep, I just picked a, like React. I learned React off of Udemy. I came here and I, uh, I kind of honed that skill. Uh, I'm about to start Angular. I'm definitely going to buy it on Udemy because <laughs> there's, always, there's always an abundance of resources there. Um, and uh, I'm going to plug this one guy because I really like his stuff. I think his name is Max uh, Million. He is the one guy that if he has the course, I am getting it because he goes into explanations. Yes. He actually explains what he's doing and it makes sense. Max Million. Sweet. Uh, so, okay. Well, that's all I really wanted to cover with you guys. Um, Cody, Stu, thank you so much for just being around. Uh really nice to get to sit in with you guys and just kind of have a chat and I think I think you guys can't I can't communicate clearly enough to you guys how valuable just this type of conversation is going to be to some people that are you know like dreaming of just kind of getting to where you are and then want that next step of dreaming to where you guys are going to go um, that didn't make sense let me try to rephrase that <laughs> that totally made sense you know what? we'll use it <laughs> uh, so I'm going to give you kind of the floor here at the end uh, opportunity just to plug anything you want. So I don't know if you want Maximilian to be your plug or if you have something else in mind. Um, is it your own social media? Is it a charity or a client that you're working for? Anything at all, the stage is yours. Go for it, man. No, no plugs? Uh, I am, I'll plug the client I'm currently working for. Um, their name is uh, My Wardrobe Online. Uh, they're going to be launching, I think, April 1st. We're gonna launch version two of their application. Uh, it's only for women. Uh, it is a kind of reuse, recycle clothing. You get to purchase clothes and ship them wherever in Canada. We're going to launch into the States coming in the next month. And um, yeah, check it out. It's uh, pretty awesome. Sweet. I had a lot of fun working on it. Nice. Uh, I'll leave with this. I mean, we're obviously both working in a freelance capacity right now. Uh, there's no right or wrong way to go about freelancing. There's no, say, written set of rules to do this. It's an adventure. I mean, there's good days, there's bad days. Motivation can be hard to come by. Uh, I found leaving the house is really good sometimes when you're struggling. Um, but it's hard because I, I find myself wanting mentorship. You get blocked and you need to find help and it's uh, it can be a struggle sometimes to actually break out of that block. So it's uh, it, it's a learning process. Uh, if there's any advice I have for people that are considering it, it would be find somebody that's more senior that's willing to help you out kind of at a Libre capacity. Can You can kind of bounce some questions off them if need be. Another one would be like write a contract. I've been in, I've been in multiple situations now where chasing down money has been difficult. So if you actually have a written contract with a client, like that can make it a lot easier in that sense. And, uh, you know, have fun with it. You, you, don't, you, don't, you can take yourself kind of not so seriously all the time, but you want to get work done. I mean, it's, it's all based on yourself. It's, it reflects quite truly how you are as an individual and the work you can make. But uh, I've had a lot of fun doing it. I recommend anybody who is considering developing to take some time to themselves and do some freelancing. I'm going to add you to Surrey Codes uh, Slack. And they, uh, they have tons of mentors there they'll be willing to help you out. Nice. Oh, see, we're making connections. Great, great. <laughs> Fantastic note to end on. Uh, thanks again, Cody. Say bye to the nice people. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. All right. <laughs> see ya.